This is Two Naked Hypnotherapists podcast by Heather and Connie. Do you want to achieve optimal health, ultimate success, perfect relationships, true spiritual awakening, and ever flowing abundance in your life? Are you ready for the naked truth? Then you've come to the right place. This podcast will give you free mind hacking and healing tools no other hypnotherapist will tell you. We are passionate about helping people transform their lives, and that's why we created this podcast. This is episode two of the Two Naked Hypnotherapists podcast, and today we're talking about stress, anxiety, and depression. We will be breaking down how they show up in your body and manifest in your life so you can better understand the process and most importantly, learn how to prevent it. So if you're interested to learn more, stick around. Hi everyone. I'm Heather. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, everybody. I'm Connie. We're happy you're tuning in again today. And to those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. So we decided to start this episode with a couple of personal stories about this topic to share with you how stress and anxiety have shown up in our lives. Okay, others. so what story would you like to share with our <laughs> audience? I have uh, so many that I can share, but I think I'm going to share this one because this is a great example of how stress can show up in your life without you being aware that you're under stress. So I used to work as a news producer in the mainstream media back in the days, being a journalist and a news producer was my childhood dream since I was eight or nine. That's cool. <laughs> so, yes. So you can imagine landing on a dream job, you know, having the time of my life. I was so happy, excited, absolutely loving my job. I could not wait to wake up in the morning to go to work. Um, so basically, I was really being happy. And uh, the, since the program I was in charge of was a live morning news show, so there was no um, take two. <laughs> Basically, no mistakes were <laughs> allowed. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> and also, because it was live, we had a really strict deadline to finish the stories by you know certain time. But because I loved the pressure so much, I was enjoying that pressure. Now, my body had a different take on that, and my body was not agreeing with me. So one day, I started to develop this huge, like, swelling, um, five or six inches long, big hives on my body. They looked like literally angry pancakes all over my body <laughs> so long story short I went to see a doctor he came back with 
four other colleagues from other departments. And he showed me my blood work. And that was highlighted. There's a line called ANA level, which is an anti-nuclear antibody. My ANA level was 2,000% above the normal level. And (laughs) doctor basically said I was a borderline to be diagnosed with some kind of autoimmune disease that day. And he asked me what kind of stress I was under. And I had to take a moment to think about what stress I had because I didn't feel that I was under the stress. And obviously the doctor didn't even ask me if I was under the stress. He knew that I was. The doctor basically said, look, um, you have to think about what's going on in your life. And I thought of it, and I told the doctor, no, I'm not under the stress. Look, I have a dream job. I have a wonderful relationship with my boyfriend. I'm really enjoying life. I have a puppy recently adopted. As you know me, uh, I'm a dog lover. (laughs) And I I was the happiest moment in my life. I had everything that I wanted in my life, and it was working fine. Doctor said, there right there. He said, you know, I was under the pressure, even though I didn't think that pressure was a stress factor. But he said, well, you're trying to do well at work because you love it so much. Because you love your boyfriend so much, you wanted to be the best of yourself. So there's another pressure. And also having a puppy is exciting time, but also a pressure and takes a lot of my time and attention to take care of the little ones. So he said I had to bring my pressure down and find a way to bring the pressure down. So he recommended me to do a journal, actually, to ask myself um, what I can do for that day to bring a pressure, whether it's from relationship pressure or the work pressure or a puppy pressure or any kind of pressure. So that's a perfect example how your uh, stress can show up in a different ways, even though you are not recognized mm-hmm. that uh, you're under the stress, but your body can speak to you. And during the happiest moment in, in your life, you could be under the attack of stress factors. Yeah, I could see that. And I think we don't even, like you said, we don't even realize it. Even if we love all the things we have in our lives, Mm -hmm. it could add up to actual stressors in the body. Exactly. Or for for the actual system, for your um, biological system, right? Right. How about you, Connie? Yeah, I could share many different stories as well. (laughs) But I think um, another good one that comes to mind and that people can really relate to is about public speaking. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. So um, there were many, many incidents throughout my career and personal life. But the one that comes to mind that is kind of representative of um, all of those is when I attended a workshop a few years ago. And of course, you know, everyone had to get up and introduce themselves in front of the group. And um, in typical Connie fashion, I waited to be the last one <laughs> to speak up <laughs> um, back then. <clears throat> now, I know there's there are a lot of people out there that just want to get it over with and raise their hands first. And I think that's actually very smart 
especially for the nervous system anyway. Because what what was um what was making it so bad for me to wait until the last minute, so to speak, because it put me into an even higher anxiety level every time another person finished the introduction. So I was I knew that it was my turn very soon and that kind of felt almost felt like a tiger approaching me slowly Mm -hmm. um and so how did that show up in my body well we've all been there right so we we know how this works Uh, heart racing sweating uh, dry (laughs) mouth trouble breathing tummy ache all of all of it and essentially my entire nervous system was alarmed and it's really very irrational and of course i survived it and you would think that after so many times of experiencing this, that your body would just know that there is no tiger, right? There is no reason to to feel this extreme, to have these extreme reactions. And it's also amazing how fast this really happens. So I typically use um, breathing or certain self-talk to get out of this, mm-hmm. if I can catch it in time. Because sometimes it just happens so quick in a split second that it's hard to to catch and then especially if you are prolonging and waiting right then it can get worse and worse so that's why we have learned tools that we want to share with you of course that helped us along the way so now when you have a public speaking opportunity do you go first (laughs) maybe not first but (laughs) maybe second somewhere in the in the first half (laughs) i try anyways Mm -hmm. right but but essentially it's um you know your body stress response can be turned on just by thought alone so it really just takes one thought to throw your system completely out of balance right do you agree i totally agree stress is a physical and emotional reaction that people experience when they feel the danger of their well-being or the inability to cope with that situation. And when you feel the stress, the central nervous system gets a signal and activates the sympathetic nervous system, which is a biological fight or flight response to the perceived threat. I'm not talking about the actual danger, like the tiger you know, coming mm-hmm. at you. <laughs> But the once the sympathetic nervous system is activated, your heart rate increases, like you said, you know, muscle tenses up, your pupil dilate, saliva mm-hmm. production decreases because it's not the time to eat and digest. And your body releases more adrenaline so you can fight and run. And it's it's our innate autonomic coping mechanism to keep us alive on the planet. So it's not all bad thing, but if the danger, the threat is not actual threat, what do we do? The body doesn't know if it is the true danger or threat or not. Right. And it typically starts, as I said before, it starts with a thought, right? Or an idea Mm -hmm. about a perceived threat. And then you have the chemicals rushing or the stress hormones rushing through your 
through your body, adrenaline, cortisol. And of course, there is no way to have a clear thought in that moment because when you're in that survival mode, those chemicals alter your perception completely. Yes. And then you, then you come to the emotions, right? Those stress hormones create um, the emotions of fear, anger, anxiety, aggression, depression, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So then those emotions create new thoughts that resonate with those emotions, which then create more chemicals, and the cycle goes on and on and on. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then once you keep that cycle too long or way too long, and what happens is that you disconnect yourself from who you are and your homeostasis, you know, well-being state, and that distance we call depression, the disconnection from who you are and the, the well-being of you. Mm -hmm. and, and then, yeah, yeah, um, I agree. And even to take it a step further, if you keep doing that and turning on that stress, then you knock your body out of balance over and over again. And now you're actually headed for disease. So illnesses, that's how illnesses begin. Not just right, depression, but even actual uh, physical illness because your nervous system and immune system are now busy dealing with this avalanche of stress hormones mm -hmm. that there is no energy left for the internal environment. So for digestion, cell repair, as you just mentioned also. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's why meditation and, and uh, calming activities are really so powerful because you can now counter that physical response. If, if you don't know how to deal with your increasing anxiety, then you reach that point of, of depression. So these tools and activities that we can do to calm our nervous system are very, very important. And those... I 100% uh, yeah. agree. Mm -hmm. Deep breathing helps calm in the active sympathetic nervous system and switch to parasympathetic nervous system of rest and digest um, so that your body and your mind can calm down to relax and uh, produce the relaxing uh, hormones and mm -hmm. uh, chemicals. Also, silent meditation or relaxing guided meditation, maybe listening to the relaxing music even, helps to naturally uh, calm down your nervous system and, mm -hmm. and um, uh, switch the sympathetic to uh, parasympathetic nervous system uh, response system. Yeah, I think uh, breathing is definitely a good one for that. It's really underrated. Um, there's um, so much that can be done with proper deep breathing. And there, are, luckily, there's so many events and workshops out there now. If, if someone really wanted to look more into that, they could find ways to, to learn how to do this properly mm -hmm. to help them. And the good thing is, breathing is for free. Right. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> to pay anybody to <laughs> breathe. Um, I also, I would like to add a sleep to mm -hmm. part of the solution yeah. for stress and anxiety and depression. Very good. Um, it's a natural healing state. The sleep is a natural healing state. Uh, so during the sleep, cellular regeneration, repairing any damages or restoring physical, mental, 
um, energetic function happens during the sleep. So sleep is very crucial mm-hmm. to deal with and manage stress and anxiety. Yeah, and we don't really get uh, enough of sleep these days. I think I can speak for a lot of people here. But we will get into the actual solutions part in a couple of weeks on February 24th, where we will provide you with tools that you can use right away to manage your stress and anxiety better. And if you have any particular questions, please send us a voice message through this app or email us at number 2 nhpodcast at protonmail.com However, in the meantime, we thought we would give you a little exercise to do until next week so you can become more aware of your bodily triggers and reactions. So Heather, why don't you explain this great mindfulness exercise to our audience? Okay, so we'd like us to do a little exercise with our audience for the next seven days. The exercise is to write down the stress factors in your life in two categories. The first category is the stress factor, the actual threat of your well-being in your life, such as being attacked by a stranger on the street or a dog chasing after you in the park. The second category is the thought-based imaginary threats, such as thinking about the worst-case scenario in your near future that hasn't happened yet, or revisiting a negative memory from the past that happened long, long time ago, feeling as if it's happening right now. I like this exercise because it allows me to be aware of what the stress factors are in my life at that moment. Awesome. Thank you, Heather. I'll definitely do that one too. (laughs) Me too. And that's also a great transition into our episode next week, where we will dive deeper into the relationship between your imaginary threats, which most threats really are, and your past experiences or even traumas. And with that, we are wrapping up our show for today and hope you will find us again next week on February 17th. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. See you next week.